Here they come! Hello and welcome to episode 175 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host Eric Moore and once again I'm by myself. Sorry about this folks but um, you know real life matters and you know scheduling conflicts with co-hosts sometimes gets in the way and that's what's happened here but hopefully before long we'll be back with a regular episode but uh, as a stopgap one let's uh, let let's have a go at uh, looking at a film that I've only very recently seen even though I've been aware of it since the late 70s and that is 1974's The Mutations or in America it was also called The Freak Maker. Relax. Get ready to have fun. Because you've got a date with somebody special. The walking, crawling nightmares from the pits of hell. The mutations. You may think you are normal. But you are all a product of mutations. Your ancestors, our ancestors, were freaks. Enter a world of the twisted and deformed. A world of monsters and madmen. Mr. Lynch! Aren't you going to have a drink with us to help celebrate Kathy's birthday? You expect me to sit down with a bunch of freaks? He's one of us. We accept you. He's one of us. Our brother. Sarah! Our loving father. Why did you say you were a Get back! Get back! Get back! It took two million years for man to evolve and only 24 hours to create the mutations. It's not nice to fool with Mother Nature. It can be horrifying. The Mutations. So yeah, I've been aware of this film since the late 70s, and I'm aware of it because it um, steals from it, popped up in a number of those um, horror movie guidebooks that were out that seemed to be absolutely everywhere in the late 70s. And I think also maybe it might have been in Deskin's Monster Mag, Poster Mag, once. Um, but yeah, it, it was, I can remember three stills. One is Tom Baker with his um, um, lip affair that he's got. One is Donald Pleasance standing over a naked woman uh, on a examination table. And... Finally, the, 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 the rather bizarre, grotesque creature, the mutation of said title, um, which 
the books say is Tom Baker, this sucker mouth, bug eyed, strange haired, open chested creature. So I've been aware of it since back then, and it's like Tom Baker. That can't be the Tom Baker, not not the Fourth Doctor, but uh, yeah, sometimes. Those Dennis Gifford books and the like, they were great for photos, but the actual articles weren't exactly in depth. And I think at some point it did say Tom Baker, TV's Doctor Who. So I knew it was a Tom Baker film, but it's been elusive. I don't think it is anything like a lost film. I think it is available, but but as, as far as I knew up until very, very recently, it wasn't a lost film, but it was just hard to watch. Um, <laughs> I can say that after watching it now as well, but no, it's, um, I never saw it on TV. It never appeared on TV over here in the UK that I ever saw. I never saw it down at the video shop. Um, and just, it just seemed to be an underground cult film, you know? Um, but then, uh, Talking Pictures, uh, one of our free channels over here in the UK, showed it a few weeks ago, so I taped it, and finally, after all this time, I get to, uh, I get to watch it, and, um, really, I wish I hadn't bothered. It's, oh dear, um, duff is a word that's in the opening of this show, and duff is a word to describe this film. It's all very... Oh dear. Um, all right. Well, I'll, I'll try and um, if you haven't seen it, I'll try and explain what goes on. So you would think you are in good hands where you've got Donald Pleasance in the film and Donald Pleasance is the first person you see in the film. But there's just something about this guy's portrayal from the get go, from his very first scene. It's like, is he bored? Is he tired? What's going on? He He is just... It's just such a, a strange performance from old Donald. And I don't know. I don't know if he had read the script. I don't know if he had seen what the special effects were going to be. I don't know. It's really odd. But um, so, OK, we've got Donald Pleasance, who plays Professor Nolta. He's a lecturer in genetics. And uh, it opens with him giving a lecture on genetic manipulation to create new forms of life. And he states, and I quote, within 10 years it will be possible to recreate a living dinosaur or recreate extinct forms of life. And blow me down if he, if there isn't stock footage of, um, you know, uh, gnats trapped in amber. I don't know if Michael Crichton saw this film and got the idea for a Jurassic Park from, from this. Um, we see that his uh, students in inverted commas, um, yeah, it includes Julie Egg and all her mates. Um, yeah, this is something that happened a lot, didn't it, in the 70s, where you had middle-aged people playing teenagers, you know. We had it on TV in the UK, a sitcom called Please Sir, where you had these middle-aged people playing, you know, 18-year-olds. You had it in Greece, in America, where you had um, John Travolta, playing the most unconvincing 18-year-old. But, uh, yeah, they're meant to be students. They're watching his lecture. Um, they leave it, and we go off, and we get lots of shots of uh, grubby early 70s London. Um, yeah, London at that time wasn't a very nice place. Um, the psychedelia era truly worn off, and everything was very beige, and everything was a bit grubby and just depressing. Um 
other films that were around at that time, you know, like uh, Dracula AD 1972. Yeah, sure, the grubbiness was there. But at least you had like Christopher Lee in it and Caroline Munro, you know, um, um, you know, to just spice things up a bit. But this film, you've got Donald Pleasance not bothering. You've got Julie Egg, who's like the heroine of the film, who's not exactly, um, you know, a stellar actor. So one of the students goes home. She's pursued by this little fella uh, through the park um, before being captured by Mr. Lynch, our Tom Baker in a floppy hat and scarf. He's deliberately covering his face up for a shock reveal later on, but uh, not too convincingly. He's friends with the professor and he wants the professor to help him. And at that point, we do see what he's covering up. And it seemed his facial disfiguration seems to be uh, some clay from the right side of his face and a fake lip. But it, it's really strange. It's not the best of makeup effects, but uh, there's no mistake in that voice. This is Tom Baker, all right. This is 1974. This is one of the last things he did before getting the role of Doctor Who. He says he's got something for the professor at his wagon at the freak show. And we get our first proper special effect of the film. Donald shoving a live rabbit into what looks like a piece of Audrey 2's cuttings, I suppose. It's all very sombre and the electronic music elevates it a bit, but not by much. So, yeah, off... off Mr. Lynch goes, that's Tom, Mr. Lynch goes off to get the something for the professor and and brings in, I think it's Bridget, the friend that he had captured in the park. This is early 1970s, so of course the girl has to be stripped topless before Donald can experiment on her. Later on, he's doing another lecture, and this film is full of time-lapse photography. It opens with time-lapse photography, we've got it here, as... Um, you know, the professor is showing off his, his his invention, the psychotron, which can reverse putrefaction, would you believe? And he's going on about having a new species, plants that can move and look about for food, humans getting energy straight from sunlight. Back in his lab, it's hilarious. Um, we have the bunny eating Audrey too. This time we actually do see this this uh, plant monster, which looks like a green plastic rubbish bin with bits stuck on. We go back to the circus, and I don't know if this is a circus or what. I mean, <sighs> Todd Browning's Freaks, right, is a product of its time, and that time was... A long time ago but this film made in a time when I was alive I I don't know were these sort of shows still put on to the public it's just if it is that's incredibly depressing you know and you see Julie Egg and her mates and they go along to the show and they're like laughing at, at the exhibits and a large chunk of the film is taken up with the act. These uh, performers were real performers, uh, and they're doing their act, including the uh, the bug-eyed bloke. That's that, that's rather startling, especially when you realise it's uh, not a special effect. Mind you, if it was a special effect, it wouldn't be anything like that. I mean, the 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 level of the special effects is not exactly uh, um, you know high bar, is it? We also find at this point that Bridget has been experimented on and has been rejected and uh, and has ended up as some sort of rubber head 
laying on some straw. Mr Lynch goes off to the red light district of London, finds a prostitute and pays her uh, to say, I love you to him. That's all he wants. He just wants somebody to say, I love you to him. And uh, she says, yeah, I'll do that. I've, I've, I've called people worse. But of course, early 70s, she still strips off to do so. Bridget just dies. That's the phrase. Bridget just dies and Lynch dumps her in the river. Oh, I forgot to say as well, Tony, one of the people, has been grabbed and experimented on by the professor. He escapes, goes to see his girlfriend. Um, he calls her on the phone to say, I'm outside, let me in. Um, when you see him in a second, you, you do wonder how he gets his finger in the dial to actually dial from the public telephone box because he goes up to her flat and uh, we see what he's being transformed into. And um, it's, yep, this sucker-mouthed, petal-handed, big bulbous-eyed thing. Um, it's unusual. Well, I'll give it that. It looks like a load of plastic, but it's unusual. Um, she screams, she faints, and he runs away. He then, for some reason, goes off to find Julie Egg, who's having a bath, and to quote Patrick Stewart, gets to see everything. He climbs in through the window while she's having her bath. She hears him, gets up. There's a blanket nearby and he holds it up in front of her and says, it's me, Tony, and um, she can't see him. It's all very Blackadder, the bit where, the you know, uh, sorry about the bag. It's very much like that. Um, so the doorbell goes. She goes to answer the door. Mr Lynch is there. She's grabbed. Tony goes off. This is... We're about an hour into the film. That's all that's happened, all right? Um, she's taken to the lab, and at the lab, we've got more new design plastic Audrey 2s. They're all watching Donald and, you know, Tom as he begins to set up his experiment. He's going to experiment on her. I'm looking at the at the counter on, on the DVD, and uh, I know it's only 10 minutes till the end of the film. So we've got Julie Egg laying on a bed, just about to be experimented on. Um, the dogs start barking outside. Tom goes outside to find out what's going on. The heroes come along. Um, Brad, Brent, Brent, or some something like that. Um, and the bug-eyed guy turns up and stabs him. The circus performer, not the not the sucker mouth bug bug-eyed. The the guy that can make the eyes pop out of his head. He turns up, stabs him. We find out all the cir circus performers are there. They want revenge. I look at the clock, seven minutes to go. Tom gets another knife thrown in him, then another one, and the dogs are set on him. Um, they go away. They've had their revenge. Um, this is all a bit freaks. And uh, Donald's with the naked Julie when... I'm a, I always thought that... And, and the book says that this bulbous-eyed, sucker-mouth creature is Tom Baker. He's got two makeup roles. The uh, the guy with the clay stuck on the side of his face and the fake lip and this final version. But it's not. The, 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 the creature that comes in through the skylight is Tony. Tony has returned. All right? Yeah, so he, he kind of, like, comes in, runs across to Donald... And he's, as I say, his his whole chest area is like a, a Venus flytrap turned on its side. Um, and yet yeah, he pulls 
Donald into his ribcagey thing, closes it. Donald screams. When he pops out, he pops out. I don't know what he's turned into. It doesn't look anything like Donald Pleasance. He looks like he's been boiled or something. It's, it, it's a bit of a peculiar effect, whatever Donald has been turned into. Three minutes to go uh, in this film. Three minutes to go. Um, and, yeah, it, I don't quite understand what happens. There's a fire and Tony and Donald burn to death. The hero rescues Julie. He takes her off to the car. They profess their love for each other. It looks like they're going to start getting it on because um, this is the early 70s and she's still naked and you can see everything. And uh, he, she puts her arm round him and then we have this rather clumsy close-up of her forearm and it seems that she's got something going on under her skin. So I think it's that's the twist ending. She is uh, one of these creatures. And that's how the film ends. And, uh, yeah, so I'm sat there and it's like, oh, it is one of these things. It's like, you know, um, so many films are lost, you know, London After Midnight. And um, you read the reviews and of the time they said it was a pretty mediocre film. But because it's a lost film and all we've got is those startling images of Lon Chaney Sr. as this fake vampire, it's become almost mythical, you know, and... You get the feeling that if it is ever discovered and you finally get to watch it, it is a case of, oh, it's been built up too much. And I think that's what's happened with me with the mutations. This really peculiar creature, um, unlike any of the other monsters or creatures that are in those books, um, you know, has stayed in my head and I finally get a chance. Oh, wow, this is going to be great. And it's got Donald Pleasance in it. Um, No, it's just... I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it at all. Um, regarding the special effects, it, this is an oddity because the person who uh, is listed as doing the effects is Charles Parker. Okay. Now, there's two Charles Parkers, and it must be the same person, but it's conflicting. One, one account will have that Charles E. Parker was born um, in 1914 in Nova Scotia, in Canada, and he is listed as makeup artist, all right, on things like Quo Vardis and Ivanhoe, Knights of the Round Table, Moby Dick, makeup designer on that one, Tom Thumb, makeup artist, Ben Hur, makeup artist, Lawrence of Arabia, makeup artist, um, going up to Ryan's daughter, The Devils, um, up to The Great Gatsby, which he made the same year as The Mutation, and Murder on the Orient Express. All right, so that's Charles E. Parker, born 1914, Nova Scotia. But then, if you go on to IMDb, um, not 1914, 1910, this Charles E. Parker was born, again in Nova Scotia. So it's got to be the same guy. Right, you look at his uh, um, filmography, and according to IMDb, he did a heck of a lot more than being a makeup artist on on those films. I'll scroll down and then scroll back up. We have, in addition to the last list, we have makeup creator on Moby Dick. We have um, what else have we got that we haven't seen yet? The Viking Queen, a Hammer film makeup supervisor 
2001 A Space Odyssey, Makeup Supervisor Uncredited, The Devils, um, and then Star Wars Special Makeup Effects Crew Cantina Sequence Uncredited. So which of those is the real Charles E. Parker? I don't know. All I know is a Charles Parker did the special makeup on the mutations. And, well, it, it's plasticky and it's unusual. Um, and maybe that effect, that creature in a better film would have worked better. But uh, it's just such a, a dull, lifeless, humorless, unengaging film that, you know, I'm afraid the effects dragged right on down with it. So, oh, what shall I give it? What shall I give it? Um, it's Duff, but how Duff is Duff? Uh, well, I've got to think about the Audrey 2 plants as well. Yeah, that, that, uh, that takes a notch off as well. Um, two and a half, two and a half out of ten. All right, so, yeah, this was a stopgap episode, folks. Hopefully, before too long, I know I've said it before, but, but hopefully before too long, I'll be back with a co-host talking about something else. So, uh, hang on in there. And hopefully be with you again soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. That's all, folks.